Good morning, friends. Today is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, and I thought I would just share a a relatively short message with you today, and I'm going to title this, What is Lent All About? There's nothing wrong with me, the man said, but sir, you've been in a terrible car accident. You're bleeding and have some deep bruises. There may be internal damage. There's nothing wrong with me. Oh, come on, at least have a doctor check you out, sir. We have an ambulance right here. It wouldn't take very long. I told you, there's nothing wrong with me. But, sir, and then the man walked away from the car accident. His wife picks him up, drives him home, and later he dies from internal bleeding. There's nothing wrong with me. can be a dangerous thing to say. Spiritually, it's probably the worst thing a person could possibly say. For a person to stand before God and say, there's nothing wrong with me, that's incompatible with Christianity and unacceptable to God. But what is the opposite of there's nothing wrong with me? Wouldn't it be there's everything wrong with me? According to God's word, a Christ follower is someone who stands before God and says, there's everything wrong with me. A Christ follower also is someone who says, but Jesus Christ has overcome my sin. He has taken away all the things that are wrong with me. Now, like I said at the beginning, today is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. Now, what exactly is Lent? What's it all about? Well, we find the answers. We focus on the story that Jesus tells about two opposite people. The one who says, there's nothing wrong with me, and one who said, there's everything wrong with me. One of them represents what Lent isn't, and one of them represents what Lent is. So today we're going to focus on these two people as we seek to learn better what Lent really is and what it means to us today. Now, Jesus told this story to people who are confident in their own righteousness, look down on everyone. Two men, Jesus said, went up to the temple to pray, a Pharisee and a tax collector. Now, remember, the Pharisees were the people who lived good, clean lives. The tax collectors were people who swindled and intimidated others. Both of them came to church. Both went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Now, maybe you can sum up his prayer this way. I thank you, God, that there's nothing wrong with me. Well, maybe he was right. He was a good citizen. He obeyed the law, lived a moral and upright life. He even did the religious things you're supposed to do. He gave 10% of his income to church, and he even fasted twice a week. And really, there wasn't much wrong with him. Then Jesus focuses on the tax collector, the opposite of the Pharisee. He's been stealing money his whole life, ruining the lives of other people so he could live it up. And he knew that his whole life had been a disaster and that he deserved to go to hell when he died. To this, Jesus says, the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even walk up to the front of the temple. He would not even look up to heaven. He was so ashamed of his sin. But he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. See, his prayer was the exact opposite of the Pharisees. And you can sum it up this way. God, there's everything wrong with me. Help me. Now, Jesus goes on to say that the sinful tax collector was the one that was forgiven by God and not the perfect Pharisee. Now, why is this? Well, Jesus tells us, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, what's Jesus saying here? Is Jesus saying that you earn forgiveness of sins by being humble? 
I mean, look at how humble that tax collector is, says God. That tax collector deserves to be forgiven because he's so humble. Is that how it works? You know, that's what a lot of people think, but that's not how it works. If that's why God forgives you, then your salvation would be completely dependent upon you and your level of humility. Then you could never be sure if you're forgiven by God or not, because you'll never know if you've been humble enough for God to forgive you. Friends, the truth of the matter is neither the Pharisee nor the tax collector deserved God's forgiveness. The Pharisee didn't because he was conceited and self-righteous. The tax collector didn't deserve God's forgiveness because of the terrible life he lived. Neither one deserved to be forgiven by God. You're probably wondering, (laughs) woe is me. Well, no, friends, here's the good news. God forgives people purely out of his mercy. As a result of his undeserved love, God forgives people. God forgives because Jesus has taken away the sins of the entire world. That includes yours and mine. And because of that sacrifice Jesus made in the cross, cleansing the world of all of its sin, he offers forgiveness to all. Now, in this story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, God offered forgiveness to both of them. But only the tax collector received God's forgiveness. It's because in his mercy, God chooses to forgive only those who humble themselves before him. He forgives those who stand before God and say, there's everything wrong with me. Lord, have mercy. I am a sinner. Humble people, those who recognize their sin and their need for God's help, those are the people that receive forgiveness, not because they're earning it by groveling, but because God shows undeserved love to all who are humble and sorry and repentant of their sins. This humble tax collector is really a picture of Lent. This proud Pharisee, well, he's the opposite of Lent. So which one are you? How are you going to observe these next 40 days of Lent? Do you plan to act extra religious? You know, many people observe Lent that way. They say or they think, well, maybe I should give up something for Lent. I can remember hearing that when I was a kid growing up. We've got to give up something for Lent. Like, well, I'll no longer watch my favorite TV show. I'll give up chocolate or pizza or, God forbid, coffee for Lent. And then people will see how religious I am. I mean, God must be extra happy with me if I'm not eating chocolate or pizza or watching TV or whatever. So I'm going to ask, is Lent a time of self-denial? Well, this evening, if you are at an Ash Wednesday service, uh, praise and worship, we're going to be uh, online. You can watch us online. Go to Branson.Church. You can find the link. Jesus speaks to us through his word, and he tells us that Lent is a time of self-denial, a time to give up something. But Jesus isn't concerned with chocolate and pizza and TV. He's concerned with what's going on in our hearts. Lent's a time to give up those sins in our lives. It's a time to give up the sin of hypocrisy, acting like a Christian on the outside, but being proud and self-centered on the inside. Lent's a time to give up the sin of duplicity, being a Christian on Sundays and an unbeliever on Fridays. It's a time to give up the sin of being lethargic. You know, someday I'll get my act together spiritually, but right now I'm just too busy focusing on everything except God. What is Lent? Lent is that man who stood in the back of the temple and looked down at the ground and prayed to God, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lent is a time for us to be like that person, to give up our sinful habits, our sinful attitudes, to stand before God and to ask him to forgive us, to wash our sins away, and to empower us to turn away from our sinful past and live new lives that are dedicated solely to him. And after we lay our sins before him, Lent is also a time to give up our guilty feelings. I mean, just as the tax collector walked home justified before God, so can we walk away knowing that we too have been forgiven. 
we can say, I no longer have to feel guilty about my sins. I no longer have to beat myself up about the way I've been living. I've been forgiven. My sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. I can start over. I can work hard to be someone who obeys God, who worships God every day with the way I live my life. Well, maybe you're catching on that Lent is an attitude, isn't it? It's an attitude of honesty and humility as we confess our sins to God. But Lent is also an attitude of relief and joy, knowing that our sins have been forgiven, that our slate has been wiped clean as we seek to serve our God with our lives. So these next seven weeks, these 40 days, are a time for you to look deep into your heart, to think about your life, how you've been living it. I mean, what sin are you going to give up for Lent and the rest of your life? I mean, Jesus will forgive that sin and wash away that sin at the cross. And Jesus promises to empower you to live a new life that glorifies him. If people want to temporarily give up certain things for Lent as a sign of their love for their Savior, fine, go for it. But what Jesus is really concerned about is what's in your heart. So tonight, as you gather in worship, either in person or in line, online, we begin that long walk to the cross where we see just how serious and terrible our sins are. But there we also see how wonderful and deep our Savior's love for us is for us. The road doesn't end there, but it ends at the empty tomb where Jesus rises from the dead to prove that all of your sins have been forgiven. May God bless you as you begin your Lenten journey. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion. God bless.